Welcome to a very special episode of Beyond the Boardroom with me, Kieran Paul. Today's episode is the 100th, which is a nice landmark to reach. As you'll know, I always ask our interview guests a series of fun, informal questions to begin with. Cats or dogs, for example. However, I have never done them with my insightia colleague, Rebecca Sherritt, who is the editor of our magazines and special reports. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to do exactly that, with it being the 100th episode. Plus, I roped in Josh Black, our editor-in-chief, to come along too and answer those questions. I recorded this yesterday with them both, and I hope you find it fun. I'll be back a bit later, but for the meantime, enjoy hearing from Rebecca and Josh about things you probably didn't know about them before, as well, of course, as the October edition of Insightia Monthly. Hello, I'm Carson Block of Muddy Waters Capital, and you're listening to Beyond the Boardroom from Insightia. So we start with Rebecca each time. So Rebecca, cats or dogs? Does it make me a monster to say neither of them? I'm more of a bird or a fish girl. Do you have either? I do not, but I am really trying to get one, but my partner's not too keen. Uh, Josh, cats or dogs? I have a cat, have to say cats. And what is your cat's name? His name is Tonks. Tonks, okay. Uh, Rebecca, now you're in England, of course. Now muffins mean something slightly different over here uh, in England, but bagels... Or muffins for you, Rebecca? Ah, bagels are clearly superior. They're Philadelphia cheese. Can't go wrong. Two good uh, US references. And then Josh. Now, obviously, Josh is in New York City. So bagels or muffins for you, Josh? So to clarify, I always thought you were referring to English muffins, but you mean the blueberry muffin type thing. Well, it can mean both. Because I, I, yes, I, that has been asked by guests, so it can mean both. But essentially, everyone always goes for bagels, so the question never really comes about. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a spell where I used to pick up a muffin on the way to work from, I think it was Beyond the Bread on 55th Street. No longer there, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm, I'm left with bagels. Yeah, it's pretty hard to beat a bagel as a regular staple. What was the name Beyond the Bread? Yeah. Well, perfect for this uh, podcast and Beyond the Boardroom. Okay. Rebecca, what book are you reading right now? Well, I'm a big Gothic novel fan. I'm reading The Grim Grotto at the moment, which is number 11, I believe, in the series of Unfortunate Events. And Josh, what book are you reading right now? I've got two on the go. In physical format, I've got White Teeth by Zadie Smith. And in uh, audiobook format I'm, I'm listening to a place of greater safety by hillary mantel and ah, which which do you prefer do you prefer the reading a, a, a physical book or do you, are you enjoying the audio uh, i enjoy the audio i got into audiobooks while training last year and they're just so convenient for fitting into your day you know on the commute or um, while you're at the gym or that you can just keep listening to an audiobook whereas it's easy to say oh, I don't have the time to pick up a physical one and of course when you say training there you're referring to the New York City Marathon which you ran uh, I don't like to brag 
I will. Um, not that I did it. I, I, I will brag that you did it. Um, and Rebecca, what is the last film you watched? So this would be, uh, this could be at home or in the cinema. Um, I really love animated films, though. I think the last one I watched was The End of Evangelion. Nice mouthful there. What's that about? Um, it's like an anime icon of the 90s, Evangelion. And it's like a redo of the TV series. And it's about this boy who pilots a mecha or a giant robot and fights aliens, as we all do in our spare time. Oh, of course. Um, and Josh, what about you? I think I watched both the Hocus Pocus films over the weekend, the, the old one and the new one, which I'm not sure it lives up to the original. Sorry for the spoiler. And uh, at the cinema, I think it was uh, Don't Worry Darling. No, I just went for the sheer drama. Mm, mm, yes. And uh, okay, finally, Rebecca, you, what is your favourite sitcom of all time? Easily the IT crowd. I just love Richard Ayoade and how awkward he is. And uh, Josh? It's a really hard choice, but I'm just going to go with Frasier. That is mine as well. So that's a very good, very good answer. That is mine. Uh, I'm a massive Frasier fan. So the first ever episode of this was way back in September 2018. Josh was the guest and Alana DeRay was the host. And you discussed our magazine, which was then called Activist Insight Monthly. The magazine, as well as the podcast, has changed quite a lot, it's fair to say, Josh. Yeah, we've, we've been through a few names over the years, haven't we? Activist Insight, Insight, uh, now we're part of Diligent, obviously. Um, Insight Your Monthly kind of launched this year to replace Activist Insight Monthly and Proxy Monthly, bringing all the data sets together and providing that kind of holistic data and analysis that we wanted to uh, mirror what's on the new Insight Your One platform that you know subscribers are logging into on a daily basis. Um, I think they've all been really positive changes. You know, Re Rebecca is... Um, to thank for, for most of the good changes on the magazine side. You've obviously innovated a lot on the podcast side, Kieran, with your round tables and your, um, your interviews and the special report edition. So, you know, I, I'm very pleased that we've been able to do this many episodes and I, I hope that we'll go for another 100. I'll ask you the same question when we uh, get to the thousandth as well. Fair enough. Or oh, like in Frasier when they do the uh, Frasier Crane Day as well for the thousandth episode. Perhaps we should do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he get stuck on the monorail? He absolutely does, yes. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, Rebecca, how has the development been for you? Yeah, I mean, I've been with Inside Shift for about two years now, and it's been a roller coaster even for me. So in comparison for the more veteran team members, it must be pretty crazy to reflect on all the advancements we've made. Do you like um, roller coasters, Rebecca? <laughs> I am actually, as it happens, absolutely terrified of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look so scared on every Zoom call. Exactly. You can see the fear in my eyes all day, every day. Um, but I think the biggest change for me has been going from being the editor of Proxy Monthly, which pretty much exclusively focused on ESG and proxy voting to the new magazine Insight Your Monthly. Um, and I think going from a publication that's so focused just on proxy voting and institutional investors to now managing a publication that encompasses all of the aspects of corporate governance, 
whether that's short selling or shareholder activism, it's, it was such a big step at the start of this year. But I think combining all those publications has certainly been a development for the better for the team. Um, being well-versed in everything relating to this whole industry is, of course, so important to make sure that we provide readers the best in thought leadership and data intelligence. Um, and I think it also reflects how the current industry is evolving. As we've seen this recent season, activist campaigns are taking on a lot more ESG considerations, for example, um, whereas ESG was formerly more of an institutional investor thing. So I feel like a lot of the aspects of corporate governance that we cover, like activism and proxy voting, are becoming a lot more interconnected, and our publications are reflecting that. Uh, Rebecca, I'd love to know uh, if you have a, have a dream guest. So I'll go to you as well, Josh, afterwards. It'd be interesting. So I'll, I'll tell you mine first, in case, just in case you say the same one. I go with Carl Icons. Well, I, I would love to have Carl Icon on the show. Um, if you remember in March when we had the director of the film Icon, the restless billionaire, David Bruce Klein on in, um, I became even more just fascinated by the man as I'm sure our listeners did especially the bullshit button that he has on his desk um, which would be terrifying to hear if you pressed it I know our colleague Jason Booth has spoken with him for the magazine but for me it has to be Carl Icon um, uh, Rebecca A would, would you love to hear him on the show and B is there anybody else I think Icon would definitely be a great one um, I know it was definitely a big moment when we did get Icon in the magazine. I think it was last December, um, and obviously such an important interview to have there. Um, for me, I think Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, would be pretty rad. What would you ask him if you had one question? I think the tricky thing is you'd be spoiled for choice. Um, of course, the SEC has, dips their toes, their fingers in so many pies. You'd, you really would be spoiled for choice, but... I think the number one thing for me maybe would be learning more about the climate change disclosure policy that they're currently finalising. I'd be really interested to see all the different ideas that were circulating when they first started working on it. You know, especially with the question of scope three emissions disclosure, um, what else should form part of mandatory reporting? It'd be so interesting to see their thought process working through that. Well, we set ourselves up here to get them, haven't we? Now we've got to go and get those two on here. We have. I'm sure we'll achieve it. And uh, and Josh, who would be who would be your dream guest on Beyond the Boardroom? On the activism side, it would be great to have someone from Elliot, whether that's Jesse Cohn, who has their um, activism practice here in the US, or Paul Singer, who's obviously the the head of the firm, the founder. An interesting interview would be. Dan McCrum, who's just published a book uh, about the Wirecard scandal uh, in Germany. And for those of our readers who follow our shorts platform, they'll know all about Wirecard and about Viceroy and uh, Shadowfall and all the uh, short outfits that have tried to expose it over the year. Um, Dan did a lot of great investigations into Wirecard and just published a book called Money Men, A Hot Startup, A Billion Dollar Fraud, and A Fight for the Truth, uh, which I read earlier in the year and highly recommend. Um, so that would be a great one to get as well. Well, that's really good to know, those those uh, dream guests. And as I said earlier, we always talk about the latest magazines and latest special reports here. 
so Rebecca, we've got a new magazine out. Um, so what do our readers have to look forward to in this edition? We've got plenty for readers to get their teeth into this month. I can't believe it's the October edition already. It'll be Christmas soon enough. Um, but in the October edition, our first lead article is exploring all about activism and the economy. So activists often describe themselves as bottom-up stock pickers, whose investments they're usually pretty confident will outperform, irrespective of wider economic trends. But of course, this year has been quite a crazy one, with inflation and interest rates surging, as well as supply and chain disruptions and pretty volatile energy prices. So this, this month, we examine how activists are tailoring their investment strategies and demands to reflect the changing macro environment. Uh, we're also very pleased this month to feature an interview with Marco Tarico, the co-CIO at Bluebell Capital Partners. And he shares with us his thoughts on the recent proxy season, including why passive investors have been surprisingly more supportive of activist campaigns, the latest ESG trends, and he also talks a bit more about the evolution of Bluebell's campaign at Richmond. Plus, we examine why ride-sharing giant Lyft is especially vulnerable to activism, as well as delving into some global diversity reporting trends. And we examine key takeaways from Diligence Bottom Governance Summit, which took place last month in Texas. Well, yeah, talking about the uh, the Modern Governance Summit, Josh, obviously you were there uh, delivering a presentation. Can you tell us about it? Can you tell us about what you talked about and then what you learned from the, the wider uh, Governance Summit? Yeah, so I moderated two panels at the, the Modern Governance Summit, one of which was kind of preparing for stakeholder activism and looking at which issues have been rising up the agenda recently. Um, and the other one was focused on our uh, ESG activism report and included some of the contributors to that. Uh, so Vincent and Elkin, Sustainable Governance Partners and Innisfree uh, kind of talked about why ESG activism has been so unsuccessful this year. So, you know, check out the magazine, but also check out the special report uh, on our publications page uh, to learn more about that. And then as for uh, the Modern Governance Summit on a kind of wider level, um, you know, it was great. We had five tracks, which mirror the uh, tracks that Diligent operates in. So boards and governance, ESG and diversity, audit and analytics, compliance and ethics, and risk and strategy. And it was great to see kind of all the parts of the Diligent business. You know, we obviously operate in a in a part of the business which provides data and information. You know, Diligent is really huge. It provides software to public companies, to nonprofits, and to see some of the product roadmap and value-based discussions about what makes Diligent who we are was really helpful. And some of the sessions are available online uh, at diligent.com forward slash modern hyphen governance hyphen summit. So we definitely go and have a look at those if you're interested in these topics. Then I have to tell you, we did what every podcast host dreads, the guests asking the questions. So Kieran, obviously I said that, you know, my forte is not audio and, uh, you know, the, the interviews I do are usually uh, pretty quick on the phone. You know, we get down to brass tacks very quickly. But what you're doing is slightly different and you obviously have to make the interviewee more comfortable. 
Um, so tell me, how do you set up these interviews and, um, and why do you do those questions at the beginning? Well, yeah, well, obviously it was fun to do, do those questions with, with you two today. Uh, the reason for those questions, I think it's really important to understand that these people are human. So they're coming on talking about something that can be sometimes quite dry, but very often quite serious. And I think getting to know the human side of a guest immediately puts any listener at ease. Um, certainly I listen to, I consume a lot of podcasts whenever I hear something similar, when a, a guest feels at ease at the beginning, um, the, the answers are better. And I think, I think it produces more of a conversation. I think the best interviews you imagine they're sitting in a cafe or in a bar or in a pub. Uh, now, obviously I'm, I live, I'm based in, in London and the majority of guests are on a different continent. So there is a challenge to kind of get the idea that, you know, A, we're in the same place and B, we're both relaxed and having having a nice conversation. Um, and I find that those those questions really help to create a, a small bond between me and the, and the guest, um, but then probably more importantly, between the guest and the listeners. You know, pretty much everyone watches films, pretty much everyone, you know, has a favourite sitcom, things like this. And then, you know, if you have someone who's known as being a very powerful player in the world of shareholder activism, say that they like a particular episode of Friends or something like that. I think we actually had a recent guest um, talk about like a particular episode in Friends. And I thought that was really, really quite special, actually, because I think, as I say, the listeners uh, really appreciate that. And I always do listening to it. Dare I say it, the the interview with uh, Carson Block of Muddy Waters, where he revealed that liking South Park was a prerequisite to working at Muddy Waters was... uh, Maybe even news breaking. That was very strange because I know nothing about South Park as well. So it was, um, I had to quickly <laughs> try to blag that I actually uh, knew the references. I've never watched an episode of South Park at all. So oh, I would worry on. that he would never employ me. <laughs> however, 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 what I would argue is that uh, because I interviewed him, he might think, oh, that guy's, that guy's all right. But uh, <laughs> I've never watched an episode. I don't think I was allowed to uh, as a child anyway, because I think it was, when I was a child, I wasn't allowed to watch it because I think it can be quite naughty and risque. Um, but yes, I thought that I remember. I remember him answering that. And again, I think like I can't imagine Carson Block would have ever revealed that to me if I hadn't have asked for his favourite sitcom. I can't imagine he would have ever started talking about South Park if I had asked him about particular short selling campaigns. And I think that's the be- that that is the ultimate beauty of those questions. You should go and watch some South Park, really. Josh, I will now go and watch some South Park. And Rebecca, what's the film again that you've watched and you recommend? <laughs> the end of Evangelion. You've okay, got to I, work out how you spell it first. Should I watch South Park before or after it? Oh, I think South Park's definitely the, the priority. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining me both. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kieran. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we certainly did. And if you have any suggestions or dream guests, that you would like to hear interviewed here. It could even be you, by the way. Simply get in touch with us at insightia.press at diligent.com. One of our recent guests who I was really keen to have on was Mike Livin, who discussed the Universal Proxy Card. Here's a short clip for you. There's three or four real priority items to remember. First, for compliance... Uh, it, it starts to apply pretty soon. So any kind of U.S. annual shareholder meetings that take place September 1st or later uh, will have to comply with this. 
So um, a, a few uh, shareholder meetings that might take place toward the end of this year uh, have already started to think about it, but the bulk of them will uh, be, of course, for the first half of 2023. So the compliance date's important. The goal of the new regulation is to make voting by proxy, you know, voting without being at the annual meeting, as similar as possible voting to voting uh, for directors at the meeting. And right now there's a, a couple of fundamental differences and, and the, the regulation attempts to make it as similar as possible. So to listen to the whole of that interview, simply scroll down your list of episodes. As for today's though, that's it. But I can assure you we've got a lot more to come here as we pass a century of Beyond the Boardroom. All that remains for me to say is thank you to everyone who has listened, however many episodes it's been, all a hundred maybe, or just a few, it simply doesn't matter. I would like to thank you dearly, and I'll see you next time.